I've got another amazing episode for you with Brianne Callanan, and today she is talking to us about why our workouts are keeping us fat. So we should know by now that eating less and exercising more is not working for us, but for some reason we just can't grasp that. So Brianne is talking to us exactly about why this doesn't work. She enlightened me to let me know that that concept actually has a 0.6 success rate. So yes, less than 1% success rate with the eating less and exercising more method. So if that's not working, what is going to work? That is exactly what we talk about in this podcast. And it boils down to looking at your life as a whole, looking at your connection with other people, your relationships, your job satisfaction, other perceived stressors in your life and your relationship with food and exercise. She also talks to us about our hormones and nutrient absorption and the importance of getting enough sleep. You guys, please do not sacrifice sleep to get your workout in. Brianne will talk to us all about why that strategy is not working and what it does on a hormonal level and why it is keeping you stuck. So check out the show notes for a way to get a hold of Brianne if you are interested in working with her. She is a wealth of knowledge. I am so happy to have her back. Enjoy the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And go. Well, welcome back to the show, everyone. I am very excited because the last time Bree spoke with us, got so much great feedback because she spoke to us about birth control and how it fits in, like just how women should be utilizing it and what other options that we have. So today what we're talking about is how exercise fits into you reaching your fat loss goals. And I wanted to talk to Bree because she has this amazing program called the Metabolic Reset. And I think we're very much in alignment with where exercise fits in. So Brie, could you just introduce yourself really quickly for those of the most listeners that didn't hear your birth control talk? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you everybody for tuning in. My name is Brianne Callanan. I'm a naturopathic doctor and the creator of the Wild Side program and the Metabolic Reset program. And my goal for my clients and patients is to get to the root cause of health concerns. And when it comes to weight, that's something that I do focus on a lot in my practice, weight is just a symptom. And I think that's really important for people to understand. It's the same as feeling anxious. It's the same as headaches. It's a symptom that something else is going on. And what really led me to this field and this focus is just looking at the research in terms of we're recommending eating less and exercising more, but we know that the success rate is 0.6%, 0.6% for long-term success with telling people to eat less and exercise more. So that led me to look at, okay, macros and what do macros have to do with this? Because we know that you know, proteins, carbs, and fats all have a different hormone response in the body. Mm-hmm. And if they're creating different hormone responses, and hormones are really what's responsible for weight gain or weight loss, then we need to go to the underlying root cause issue. 
I have clients come to me frustrated all the time. You know, I'm eating less, I'm exercising more. Some people are on like 800 calories and, you know, their medical doctors have said, well, you're going through menopause, just reduce it more. And that doesn't have to be the way it is. We have to look at how is your body interpreting the foods that you're eating? What are your macro components? What is your stress like? Are you sleeping? How is your social supports? What community do you have? There's so much more that goes into it than eat less, exercise more. So I'm all about changing the paradigm and doing things differently because clearly the way we're doing it right now is not working. No, I mean, and we can see it anecdotally knowing that that doesn't work, but then hearing that statistic of a 0.6%, like that's got to raise a flag. I hope for some people listening, like, okay, what I'm doing isn't working. What else can I do? So what else can they do then, Bree? So let's say I come to you and I am, you know, at least 50 pounds overweight. I'm eating like 1200 calories and I think I'm working out like I'm supposed to. What am I supposed to do? Mm -hmm. So number one, recognize that you've been given bad advice, right? So if you know, 0.6% of an elementary class failed, we don't blame those children. We blame the advice or the teacher, or whatever's been going on. So recognize that it's not your fault. It's not a lack of willpower. You've just frankly been given bad advice and we need to change that. So often what I'll do in my practice is a full history to look at where do I suspect your hormones are? Do you have a pre-existing condition like diabetes or high blood pressure? Does that need to be addressed? And based off of that information, we want to go ahead and develop a plan for you that incorporates all the aspects. So we want to make sure that your hormones are in a good level. Your ratio of estrogen and progesterone are supported. We want to make sure that a hormone called insulin is not high. So if your insulin is high, that is a fat storage hormone. We know that we can take humans and we can inject them with insulin and they will gain weight regardless of what they eat. We have rat studies like that too. You inject a rat with a whole bunch of insulin, doesn't matter what they eat, they will put on weight. So what we need to do is we need to lower the amount of insulin that you have, correct that, then you'll be able to get away with consuming more foods, especially carbohydrates. I have some clients that say, oh, I can't eat carbohydrates. I'll, I'll look at a carbohydrate, I'll look at a bread and I'll gain weight. Well, is it because you're sensitive to that food or is it because you just have a poor insulin response and we need to train your body on how to take those foods and use them for energy or ATP. If someone truly doesn't like carbs, fine, but most people enjoy them sometimes. And I want you to have that flexibility because if you're eliminating an entire macro group long-term, what's going to happen when you decide to put that macro group back in? Exactly. If it's not sustainable, if it's not flexible, you're going to have a problem. So I want you to be able to have fats in your diet, produce ATP or energy from them. Have mm -hmm. carbohydrates in your diet, produce energy or ATP. There mm -hmm. needs to be enough abundance and enough um, variability because it's all about the long game and sustainability. Yep. So how does one go about lowering their insulin? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's a lot of um, great things that you can do. Number one, intermittent fasting is great. Mm -hmm. For some, they require longer fasts. So for some people, fasting at a 16-8 schedule is great. For other people, they need longer. So we need to figure out where your insulin is, number one. And 
the most important part is to always have an exit strategy or an end game. So when we're talking about intermittent fasting or caloric restriction, we have to understand that this is not long-term. If you're looking at a plan and you're saying, I'm not doing this for the rest of my life, then we have to have that exit strategy. And that's what we do in the reset program. We say, okay, we're doing this for six weeks with the goal of addressing these hormones. But after that six weeks, we're going to be adding foods back in. We're going to be increasing your calories to see how your body responds. Mm -hmm. If you believe you're sensitive to gluten and dairy, I still want you to add it back in unless you're celiac, mm -hmm. because I want to see after we balance your hormones, maybe you can actually tolerate it. And then it doesn't feel restrictive for you because some people are doing all these gluten-free muffins and donuts and cakes. And I'm like, it's maybe not the gluten, maybe it's the amount of sugar that's in it. That's the problem. <laughs> that's funny. Put that on a t-shirt, please. Maybe it's not the gluten, maybe it's the sugar. <laughs> and that's the problem. Like I have clients come to me and they're like, I've worked with a functional medicine practitioner. I've worked with a naturopath. I've already tried the gluten-free, dairy-free. And not everybody needs to be on a gluten-free, dairy-free diet. And just because you were sensitive to it years ago doesn't necessarily mean you're sensitive to it now. Ideally, we balance your immune system. We heal up your digestive system and you can tolerate things here and there. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not every day. Maybe it's once a week or maybe it's, you know, if you're not sleeping, you have more stress, then you need to be more mindful of the sensitive foods that you might be putting in your diet. It changes based off of your emotional state. So real quick on the sleep, we'll probably come back to it. If I'm not getting any sleep, is that decreasing my insulin sensitivity? Yep, it can. And we know that at certain phases of your cycle, you're not going to be as sensitive. The part that's kind of frustrating is we're not as sensitive the week or two before our cycle. And that's typically where we get the food cravings. <laughs> so the problem is we crave sugar the week or two before our cycle we put the sugar in and then we have this exaggerated response where that can lead to some negative changes. So what do you do if you're having those food cravings? Number one, people are deficient in protein. They just don't have enough protein in their diet. Um, I see that time and time again. So you have to be emphasizing protein at every single meal. And for clients who are not getting enough protein or it's not reasonable for them to fit it in their diet, then I have them supplement with amino acids. Because it's not just about lean muscle mass, those amino acids, which come from proteins, they build our neurotransmitters in our brain. So serotonin, our happy hormone, right? So if we want that good emotional state, we need to start with protein, ideally, second best would be protein shakes or amino acids. And the problem with not sleeping is your appetite's going to go up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, try to be on a calorie restricted diet with no sleep, your appetite's going crazy. Mm -hmm. It's going to feel like someone else is kind of pulling you to the fridge there. Um, I actually have a client in mind and she really struggles with the protein. You know, it's like, I don't like the texture. I don't like the taste. And we're working really hard. Like a hundred grams is, I consider that winning for her. Mm -hmm. um, but she's super tall. Yeah. You, so would BCAAs be a good option for her to add in like those kind of amino acids? So branched chain amino acids are a type of amino acid okay. that particularly helpful for muscles. Okay. I like a complete amino acid because then you're getting all of the sources mm -hmm. um, for athletes or for those who are doing lots of resistance training. The BCA might be better during the workout, but mm -hmm. then also prioritize a complete amino acid after. And 
some people are consuming a lot of collagen and that is not a complete amino acid. You can't just live off of collagen as your only protein source. You need, you need more than, than just that. And also for people who really don't like proteins, we have to look at, well, maybe they're not making them feel great when they're eating protein. Well, mm-hmm. why is that? Do you have enough stomach acid to properly break down that protein? Are you chewing your foods? Um, with kids, I've seen just not enough zinc in their diet. Mm-hmm. And once we get that zinc back in, and of course the media is, is talking a lot about zinc right now and how one of the symptoms of um, certain viral infections is a loss of taste. Well, that could be due to zinc. So if kids can't taste their meats properly and they're not digesting well, well, maybe they're just needing some extra zinc. Oh, that's crazy. Can I get, so can I advise her to just go get a complete amino acid, like at a health food or a supplement store? What I say to look for in an amino acid is one that doesn't have a whole bunch of artificial sweeteners. So we know artificial sweeteners, some of them, you know, they don't have any calories. They're not going to raise your blood sugar, but they can raise insulin Mm -hmm. and insulins are fat storage hormones. So we don't want that. And they can also cause damage to the gut microbiome, which does play an important role in weight as well. Mm -hmm. So for your amino acid, look for one that's sweetened with stevia. If you taste stevia as bitter, um, look for one sweetened with monk fruit and find one that you like the taste of. So amino acids, Typically they're heavily flavored because they do not taste good plain. Gotcha. So don't bother buying a plain one. I think it's it's so it's not good. Okay. So try to try to find one with stevia or some type of natural sweeteners like beet or something like that. Okay. I'm so excited to tell her because it is a struggle and I feel for her, right? It's, I want her to be successful. So as it comes to this, so we're starting to address the hormones and everything. When I come to you then, do you tell me right off the bat, okay, Kylie, as we're figuring out your hormones, where your insulin is and everything, let's pull back on the exercise. Do you take it out immediately or how does that work? Yeah. So my biggest question um, in terms of exercise is why are you exercising? So if you're exercising and it's making you feel really good, it's part of your community, it's important for your mental health, then yeah, let's, let's keep that in. But we also monitor um, your weight. So we'll see, you know, how does your weight respond after exercise? If it goes up, you know, sometimes I see it two to three pounds, it's impossible for your weight to go up like that. You haven't consumed that many calories to cause that physiological effect. It's inflammation and water retention. Mm-hmm. So that's showing me that you're, it's a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. So having some inflammation is, is what we want. Essentially exercise, you're ripping your muscles and it's creating inflammatory reaction, which should have a compensatory mechanism to heal as mm-hmm. long as you have enough proteins and the appropriate mechanisms there. But some people are just really overdoing it. They're not sleeping and they're sacrificing an extra hour of sleep to exercise. That exercise is further driving up that appetite. So if you don't have a strong control on your nutrition, you're trying to restrict calories, you're adding exercise in, now your appetite's gone up, it's hard to stick with. Mm-hmm. And if you're sore for days and days and days after, like you're afraid to sit on the toilet after a leg day, mm-hmm. probably too much. Mm-hmm. And that comes down to the cortisol piece. Yeah. So we know people with more cortisol or stress hormones. And they, again, they've done studies with giving people um, corticosteroids. So if you're on a corticosteroid that raises your cortisol, And the side effect of that medication is weight gain. So if we know a side effect of too much cortisol is weight gain, why are we overstressing the body and expecting different results? 
I mean, it's like, as you talk about it and lay it all out, it seems like such common sense. Like, how can we keep on doing this? But we are. Because we're told to eat less, exercise more. And, and that's we're not about this. Yeah. And we're not a mathematical equation, right? Like you can't oh. just say, you know, I'm going to take in this much. I'm going to burn this much and everything's going to be great. Mm-hmm. We know that doesn't work. And we're not interpreting, like, how many calories are you extracting from the foods you eat? Mm-hmm. We know people with the wrong types of gut bacteria will extract more. Mm-hmm. How much insulin does your body produce? What are the ups and downs in your blood sugar? Mm-hmm. Are you able to tap into your own fat stores and produce ketones? So those are all things that we need to consider if we really want to treat the underlying issue. Absolutely. I think I heard it paraphrased really nicely. Like, yes, it does boil down somewhat to calories in, calories out. However, that calories out, you that's where all this variability comes in. Like we were talking about with the absorption and just the hormone stuff. That's where the hormone levels come in. Mm-hmm. So also what I've been trying to re-educate people with what is how our total daily energy expenditure actually works. Where are you actually burning your calories? And this was a huge eye-opener for me over the last year. Like the smallest percentage of your calorie burn comes from your workouts. So why am I, why are people not taking rest days? And that, that honestly helped me implement more rest days. Can you talk more about that? Like with the calorie burn, as it comes to exercise and how it fits in with your total daily energy expenditure? Yeah. It's the little fidgeting movements that you do throughout the day that actually adds up to a significant impact on the amount of calories that you burn. So we know people, for instance, who have an underactive thyroid or who are suffering from things like depression, don't move as much. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's, it's colder here in the wintertime, so we don't want to move as much. Mm-hmm. So we have to think of sitting is the new smoking. You've probably heard that one. Taking those breaks each hour just to get up and move around plays a really important role. And if you are feeling like you're cold all the time, you're lethargic, you don't want to move, and you're sitting on the couch, and the only exercise you're doing is your exercise. And then after you do that exercise, you're so exhausted that you need to have a nap. Well, you're not doing yourself a real service there because you're sacrificing all those little movements throughout the day. It's so true. And those of you who are listening, who are, that sounds familiar to you. One of the quickest ways you can like alleviate that is by eating more. That could be a great sign that you are not eating enough right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a time and place. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you are, um, you know, you need to address prediabetes or insulin resistance and we have to do fasting and restrict calories, Mm -hmm. fine. But that's not a place to be doing a hardcore exercise. That's a great way to increase your risk of injury and then not be able to exercise anyways. Mm -hmm. So when would you let's say I'm exercising, not because it is my source of community and I truly enjoy it, but I'm exercising because I feel like I need to burn up off all the calories that I ate, but I come and I start working with you. We start getting the hormone levels balanced out. When would you reintroduce exercise for me? And what would that look like? Yeah. So typically we say, it's not that you can't move, like you can do yoga and walking and Pilates, just keeping in mind or keeping being mindful of how you're feeling after Mm -hmm. then after six weeks, we add it back in. So typical results that we see for the reset program is 20 to 40 pounds in six weeks. Mm -hmm. Then you're feeling really good. Your energy is up. And I always ask the question, do you want to exercise? Mm 
I'm going to say having more lean muscle mass is going to improve your longevity. It's anti-aging. It's really, really important for you to have enough lean muscle mass. Do you want to exercise? If the answer is no, not right now, because it doesn't fit in your schedule, fine. But maybe in a month's time, you're feeling really good and you have some extra space to do that. All right, let's add in, I like resistance training. Mm -hmm. And for everybody who's really liking the HIIT training and the long distance runs, we know that's going to increase cortisol. I am really busy and a lot of my clients are busy. So I'm going to do the minimal effort for the maximal results. So if that means, you know, 15 minutes of intense HIIT training, as long as your hormones are okay with it, fine. Mm -hmm. But I don't want clients doing it for hours and hours and HIIT training and then resistance training. Then I'm going for a bike ride. It's too much. And we need to allow the body time to rest and repair. It's so, so important. You can get your heart rate up with weights. I would rather see people doing weights to build their lean muscle mass because that's going to improve your metabolic rate. Don't feel like you have to do this cardio. You can incorporate your cardio into your sets. And I hope you guys that are listening that have listened to other podcasts in the past with different guests, we're all saying the same stuff. Like you, you and I are total different modalities, but, and we have, while we have different like ways that we approach this, we're saying the same thing. So I hope people are learning there. What we've been taught is wrong and there is a better way. Like, how are you feeling personally right now? I know you live this lifestyle I mean, you had a little setback with your surgery, but do you have high energy? Like, do you feel overall well? Yeah. And I, I play it by the day. So mm-hmm. if I haven't had a good night's sleep or there's more stress going on, then I need to balance out that go, go, go busyness with more restorative. So maybe I'll have a sauna. We'll do some stretching. You can get a great workout just by doing some body weight yoga exercises and stretching. Mm-hmm. Now, if my because everything's balanced. If I'm slower and things are, you know, easy and they're flowing really nicely, then I'm going to balance out that slower lifestyle with some of that higher intensity. But I'm also really at the mindset now that I'm, I'm in it for the long game. Yep. So you have to be gentle. I love heavy weights. I love pushing myself. And I think those challenges are really important, but I also recognize when I do too much, then I have five days where I can't do anything, which it's all about consistency, especially when it comes to lean muscle mass. So the results are going to be more impactful if you are able to work that muscle group a little bit multiple times a week versus I did a full body exercise on Monday and I'm probably not doing it again until next Monday. Uh, Oh God, it's so fascinating. And I love that the long game is where it's at. We just, everyone needs to focus on the long game and this delayed gratification and you'll be so much better for it. Immediately, it's not even going to take you that long to feel the results, I don't feel. I think you're going to feel better immediately. Yeah, and if you have good form and good mind-body connection to the muscle group that you're working out, you shouldn't have to work out your biceps for an hour. If you can work out your biceps for an hour, you're probably needing to work on your form or lift a little bit heavier. Yes, you're not doing it right. So I, before we wrap up, I have to, have to, have to talk about sleep again because I don't think people understand how important sleep is. You've already talked about it a couple times. Um, it makes you hungrier. It elevates insulin resistance. What else is this lack of sleep doing to us? 
Yeah, so there's a really great study, the Women's Health Initiatives, where they looked at nurses who, I don't know why we're making our nurses do night shifts and day shifts all the back and forth. And they were showing that they're at increased risk of cardiovascular disease, obesity, and certain types of cancers. So we don't really understand the mechanism of why that is right now. But one of the hypotheses is that when you're not sleeping and you're not getting an appropriate melatonin response, so at nighttime, your stress hormone cortisol should be low. Melatonin should be high. Melatonin's not just for sleep. It's a potent antioxidant, which helps protect us from things like cancers. So we want to make sure that we're getting appropriate sleep so we can have enough of that melatonin to improve our overall health. Mm-hmm. We know, you know, anxiety and depression. My first thing I look at is how is your sleep? Mm-hmm. You know, we want to make sure that that is, really, really optimal and you're getting enough deep sleep so that you can feel energized and positive throughout the day. So it's really important, not just for weight, not just for your hormones, but overall quality of life and prevention of chronic diseases. The one thing that I emphasize a lot is our world of blue lights. So the blue light from your phone, the overhead lights, that's telling your eyes that it's daytime. And we weren't born into this modern life of all these blue lights. So our bodies really they can't understand the difference between blue light from the phone and the sunshine. So you have to be mindful to try to keep your electronics to a minimum at night, dim the lights, try to be resting, dark room, reading under a nice lower level light versus having all this bright light that's going to impact your sleep too. And then, you know, you can probably get away with it when you're, you know, in your twenties before you have kids and, you know, college, university, it does catch up though. Oh, yeah. And you can imagine losing one night of sleep each night that could add up to potentially seven, eight hours at the end of the week. Mm. No one feels good after an all nighter. No. Missing their seven to eight hours. No. I have another client in mind as well. And her cortisol is totally backwards. And Mm -hmm. so we're trying so hard right now to focus on the sleep. Um, because I can see it impacting, it's not just impacting the weight too, but I think it's increasing the anxiety because you're already feeling anxious about your body, not responding to what it is that you're doing. You're like adding fuel to the fire by not sleeping. It's just this like the vicious cycle. Have you seen clients like that who their cortisol spikes at night instead of in the morning? Yeah. And we want cortisol in the morning because that's what gives us our energy to wake up. And gives us that sense of clarity and well-rested. We know cortisol is important to spike in the morning too to prevent autoimmune conditions because it tells our immune system to, hey, get in gear essentially and remove any cells that aren't behaving properly in terms of your immune cells. So we want to look at, you know, what's going on at night that's raising that cortisol. Is it like busy and kids and things are going on? Fine. But what are some strategies that we can use if you can't perceive your environment differently. Maybe you're in a a life stage right now that, yeah, nights are just particularly stressful and that's where you are right now. Then we have to look at that and say, okay, can we use something like a phosphatidylserine or a magnesium, something that's been shown to lower cortisol. If you're exercising at night and you have to exercise at night, know that that will raise cortisol. So it's probably wise to use something like the phosphatidylserine after your workout to lower that so you can get to bed. Cool. Yeah, it's um, it's tricky, right? It's tricky, but yeah. it's also not that tricky. Like, it's, like and I'm all about meeting people where they're at. Like, mm-hmm. if you told me you can't have your coffee in the morning, 
-hmm. we'd probably not be a good fit. So we have to find what's going to work for that individual with where they are right now. And if you could do, you know, vacations every month and take some time off, fantastic. Mm -hmm. If that's not reasonable, then we have to find little things that we can do. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be major life changes, but little things that'll fit into your schedule now, because that'll create a big impact and prevent you from really getting to a point where um, you're burnt out or just non-functional later on. Absolutely. And I think that's really the big thing to take away. One of the big things from this is these little things will make a big difference so that you can keep going. I know it sounds maybe, I don't know, a little bit esoteric to say, okay, take your magnesium and journal about your day, but that will actually help you. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be immediate, right? So if you've been you know, go, go, go. It's not going to take overnight. It's not going to take one good night's sleep to repair that. Mm -hmm. So have the time and the patience and just little things will add up and mm -hmm. be a good observer because sometimes we'll not realize how far we've really come mm -hmm. in a month or two. So be mindful about, okay, this is what I was experiencing. Now, what am I experiencing? Mm -hmm. Have things actually gotten better? Oh, I'm getting 40 more minutes of sleep. Well, that's huge. Yes. That's a great point, Brianne. So the last thing, what is the difference between wild side wellness and metabolic reset? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have multiple different things that I do with clients. So if someone's not a good fit for the reset program, then they'll work with me one-on-one -on -one through my private practice of the wild side wellness. Yeah. The reset program is really great because it'll address detoxification. It'll address your hormones, your gut health everything that you possibly need to address to be reset will get a really solid foundation and baseline with that. Sometimes clients will say, well, I want to test all my hormones. I want to test the gut panel. I want to do all that testing. That's great, but I'm still going to recommend that you sleep. I'm still going to recommend that we do the foundation. I'm still going to recommend that you eat vegetables and protein and fruits each day. So oftentimes I say, you know, you're here this is the foundation. Why don't we test after we have a good foundation? Because then we can see what actually you need versus yeah. we have all this testing. We haven't even done the foundational support. So now it looks like you need these hundred supplements, which yeah. you're probably going to take for a month, maybe, and I'll never see you again <laughs> kind of thing. So I'm always about, let's get the foundation set first. Yes. Then we can determine once you've got good sleep, good hormones, good gut health, good nutrition, good mindset, what is left? Yeah, just it's a couple things at the end. I love that. So, but I had another client. This is so great. Now that we've been working with clients for so long, you just have all this anecdotal stuff. And in her check-in, uh, she was saying, "Not sure what I need to do. I wanted to talk to you before I go and spend a bunch of money on hormone tests." And I'm looking at her intake. I was like, "You know what? If you just could start sleeping a little bit more, I think that'll be our first step. You know, you don't need to spend yeah. five hundred dollars getting all the tests. Not yet. Mm -hmm. Let's go to bed." Not in not unless you've really done the foundations and you're still not well. Right. And then yeah. the testing has a purpose. Like, you know, with you a year and a half ago, I did the GI map test and I needed to do that, mm -hmm. but I still needed to address lifestyle factors. I was too stressed out at that point in my life. And I mean, there's other factors that were involved too, but I think that was a good time to definitely test. So you could help me heal my gut. Yeah. And everybody's, Oh, sorry. Oh, we're good. good. There we go. I had a call. Sorry. Um, no. Yeah. And everybody's different. So we do, you know, we always make sure that the program will be a good fit, safe and effective for each individual. And if it's not a good fit, then we say, okay, maybe you need to be referred to this 
individual in your area, or maybe you need to work one-on-one, or, you know, we actually think based off of your medications or your health history, some testing might be warranted. And that's what creates the individualized approach for each person. Cool. Well, I have to tell you, Brianne, how long have you been running your business? Since 2016. Okay. So we both started at the same time, right? Yeah. And I have to tell you, it's so awesome. Like just watching you grow and thrive and it's, it's just wonderful. I love seeing you out there doing your thing. And I always learn something from your posts and I love to reshare them because you are such a brilliant mind. And my clients and patients are the best teachers, right? So, you know, I get something back and it's like, I actually don't know the answer, but I'm going to research and find out for you. And that's how we learn and we grow. And as new research comes out, you know, what I did in the metabolic reset when I first started is different now, which is awesome. And people say, well, I didn't get this supplement. I'm like, it's fine. I actually realized that that wasn't the best for you. Here's a better option. Well, and I think it just goes back to our point. There are things that I would do back then too, when I started my program that I don't do now. And if you and I have learned that much over the course of four years, like those of you listening, imagine the reprogramming that you're having to do over the information you've been taught over the last 20, 30, 40 years. So give yourself some grace. It's okay that you don't know this stuff and that you're doing it wrong because we all did it wrong. <laughs> like now yeah. we can do better now that we know better. And it's all about being open and okay with changing and being wrong and learning. And I think that what's what makes really good um, practitioners, right? Just being able to say, I actually learned something new and this is, I'm okay to pivot. I'm okay to admit where, you know, what I was doing, I wouldn't say it wasn't great, but there's a better option, right? So we always want to do no harm and Mm -hmm. take that ego away and say, no, this is the new way that we're doing things. Oh my gosh, Brianne. So you guys, I will put all of Brianne's contact information in the show notes and make sure you know how to get a hold of her because as I mentioned, she helped me with my gut. I know she's helped hundreds of other people and it's nice having you as a resource. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. You betcha. Bye-bye, Brianne.